The book was better. We're good. We're good. Hello. Look who's together again. In person. It's a wonderful thing. Um, welcome to the Book Was Better podcast. I am Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Collette. And we are back to talk about more Percy Jackson. Yeah. So, um, I will continue the disclaimer that I do enjoy the show. Yes. (laughs) We are going to disclaim this at the beginning of every one of these episodes because it may feel like maybe we don't (laughs) because we're going to tear it apart a little bit, but out of love. Or the source material and for the source, the yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I will definitely rewatch this show. I think it's a fun show, but I don't think it's without its flaws, and that's the point of this podcast is yep. to discuss said flaws. So, that being said, uh, today we are talking about the show episodes three and four, which cover mm-hmm. roughly episode or chapters nine through 13 nine through part of 14 it's through like the first two pages of chapter 14 yeah it's basically until um in the older in the older publication and the newer publication the page numbers are no different so it's essentially through page two uh 14 it's essentially percy meeting the the naiad naiad spirit under the water and but they don't really converse yet. Yeah. It's just so like it's, yeah. a brief, there they are, mm-hmm. and then it's going to continue into the next episode. So mm-hmm. that is what we are covering today. Um, and it's anything else announcements-wise? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, just... Um, this episode's getting up a little late just because we've had a little bit of a crazy week. Yes. Because she's... Oh, I still have this kink in my neck, too, and I have to be careful how I move it. So, yeah. um, we have had a crazy week a little bit because Taylor being in town, um, we Lots did... family stuff. Family pictures and, like, a family, um, like, mini D&D campaign for our youngest sisters like that's what she wanted to do for her birthday was like do a campaign thing so it's a, it was like a little two shot <laughs> yes did it um short so but like fun but that you know that takes up a lot of time and then I'm was still working and then uh, our mom did like this grand like celebration for her or the bed and breakfast she owns and runs turned 150 years old. Like, it's an old historic building. And so that happened this week. So there's just, like, a lot. It's been a lot. Which made it hard for us to find time to record, which it's, like, you'd think it would be easier with us being together, like, being in the same place. No. because But that was not the case. My <laughs> normally flexible schedule became a lot less flexible because everyone wanted to meet up and do stuff, which was great. I was, like... I want to meet up with everyone here, mm-hmm. but also it was, it was a lot and I'm, I'm running on very little sleep. So hopefully what I say makes any amount of sense. Yeah, hopefully. 
doing my little spiel is a little bit more difficult um, to do. Yes. Uh, when there's so many different episodes. So what what I can say for episodes three and four is um, they have the same director for these two episodes, but they are a different director than the first two episodes. Oh. So the first two episodes were James Bobbin, if you recall. And episode three and four are both um, directed by an Anders Eng- Engstrom. Okay. Same writers, though. Okay. Um, except we introduce a new writer. So episodes one and two were just Rick Riordan, which actually I, I keep saying his name wrong. I forgot. Like, I believe we learned at some point that it's actually pronounced like Riordan. Yeah, I but think so. old habits die hard. And in my like, I've always said it in my head as Riordan. Riordan. Yeah. And so that's how I want to say it. I think that's wrong. I'm pretty sure it is Rick Riordan. Yeah. Um, so forgive me. I'm going to keep bouncing around. Um, but Rick Riordan and Jonathan Steinberg with they were there who are credited as like the screenplay writers for the first two episodes, along with a Daphne Olive, which just says staff writer. So I don't know okay. how much input or how much she really contributed. We don't know how shows work. Nope. Um, <laughs> but then episode three introduces another sc- screenplay writer, Monica Owusu Breen. I'm going to just be butchering these people's Ooh, names. These names. I'm like, sorry about it. Um, and then episode four introduces a Joe Trax. So, okay. but again, the, the, the consistent, there is consistently, Rick is credited as like created by, based on the book series by, like I, we know he. He was heavily involved. Heavily involved in this. Yeah. Um, and then Jonathan Steinberg is every single one. He's the main screenwriter. And then they're bringing in, yeah, different people. Whether that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. What is that? Is that helping or is that hurting? It's. We don't, we don't know. We've also, you know, learned from watching director interviews and things that um, directors have quite a bit of leeway in changing the script even. So So that's interesting that the directors on these mm -hmm. two were different. Because I know in The Mandalorian, which was obviously Disney Plus's like first big. Big and successful. um, They had different directors for every episode. So I wonder if that was... And that's normal for TV. It's super normal for yeah. TV that, like, none of the... Epi- like, you'll have directors return, but it's very common for TV shows to have just a bunch of different directors. Like, I know that that's common, but it's... I do always wonder, like, how do you make a show cohesive if you're yes. always changing the director? Yeah. So it's interesting that they're doing, like, two... Two... Because... it. I almost want to rewatch them again now with knowing, that in mind. yeah, like oh, these two were the same director. These two are the same director. Like I'm curious going forward, a, like are five and six going to be the same director too? Yeah, maybe we broke these up into the perfect chunks because we've almost broken them up into different directors increments. Yeah, but um, casting has always been done by the same people. Still, Denise Shamian or Shemaine or Shemayan. I don't again. Shemayan, 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 uh, and Georgiana Sapirka. And then this is the other weird thing when you look at the music, right? Again, where you have 
music by and themes by. Yeah. And I never Googled what those differences were. I, I didn't look that up. I didn't look up what I'm that meant. pretty sure it's music during the show versus the opening closing. Theme. Yeah, probably. But I again, think. that has been consistent through the whole thing. Yeah. Also, all four episodes have been themes by Bear McCreary and music by Sparks and Shadows. So. Little recap story wise, I guess, um, on where we're at. So um, at the end of episode one and two, we were just introduced kind of to or I guess Percy was just introduced to the idea of this quest that he's going to have to go on and was told like, well, first you have to speak to the Oracle. So episode three and four, we start with Percy visiting the Oracle and being told his kind of like prophecy and confirming the quest. He picks his companions to go with him. They leave. They encounter some furies. Um, there's some differences. We'll talk mm -hmm. about it. We'll get there. Um, we encounter some furies. And they meet Medusa, overtake Medusa, keep going, and run into Echidna, mother of all monsters, and her chim chimera, chimera, again, however you decide you want to pronounce that. I've heard it both ways. Um, and it does end with um, Percy kind of plunging into the river, uh, like we said, and meeting that, that naiad. Don't have a whole lot of discourse happen between them, though, yeah. yet. Um, that's kind of where it ends. So it covers quite a bit, but less than the first two episodes did. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. Especially episode four. Episode four is like a chapter. Yeah. Episode four really doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. It's different. It's different for sure. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess let's just get into it. I'm pretty sure. Last episode, I'm pretty dang sure I went first. I think so. So, so I think I go first. Why don't you take us take us away? All right, let's start it off. Get your copious notes out. Get my notes <laughs> out. Um, so my number three, I am keeping a little bit simpler because I have a lot to talk about on my other points, so I'm trying to keep this a little bit shorter. But in the book... Percy uses Riptide to defeat Mrs. Dodds at oh. the beginning and then gives it back to Chiron and Chiron keeps the sword mm -hmm. for a good chunk of him going to camp, of him being at camp. And in the book, it kind of mentions how no sword at camp feels balanced and none really You can't fits. find one with the right tang and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then... As Percy is about to leave on this quest, you know, Annabeth has her hat from her mom, her Yankees cap. And Grover has his pipes that his, that his dad, Papa, Papa goat. <laughs> goat made for him. And Percy's kind of bummed because he doesn't have anything. And, and he doesn't say it out loud. But Chiron can kind of tell. <laughs> and Chiron goes, oh, man, I like I'm so dumb. You Why didn't this. I give this to you? I didn't realize it was for you, but now that you're here and you're set up side and I see that this is for you, your father gave this to me. And he mentioned, right, like, he doesn't say it word for word, but he's like, well, there's a prophecy I received yeah. years ago. I also speak to the Oracle. Yeah, I know some stuff. Like, 
and gives Percy Riptide, and he says, this is Anaclusmos, Riptide, it's a gift from his dad. And so then he takes the sword with him on the quest, and he's like, wow, this fits perfectly in my hand, perfectly balanced, like, this is the sword for me, and it's a gift from his dad. And so there's that connection that he feels with Poseidon, Mm -hmm. and that, oh, maybe my dad does care. And it's a really sweet scene, and then I think it really gives him kind of a bond with his sword in a way that is not shown at all in the TV show. He has the sword from the time he defeats You don't even know that the sword has a name in the TV show. They haven't mentioned it. I haven't mentioned it. Haven't mentioned where the sword came from, except he got it from Chiron and then Chiron just let him keep it. And that it's a pen and that it like stays hidden as a pen. And it will always return to his pocket. Like Mm -hmm. that's which is cool. I'm glad they still mentioned that part. Yeah. But, like, it leads into something that we kind of mentioned in our last episode. But this hatred, this bitterness that Percy has against his dad, it's missing the dichotomy of him feeling neglected from his father, but also fondly remembering his father at the same time and wanting to make him proud, but also not wanting to care what he thinks. Like, there's no... I don't feel like, like there's a lot of inner turmoil, turmoil. Mm-hmm. in the show. And I know it's hard, again, not getting Percy's inner monologue. We're not we're not seeing what's going on in his head. And I know that that's hard for them to adapt mm-hmm. to a show, obviously. But I do wish they had done just a slightly better job showing Percy's, like, indecision. And especially with him jumping from the arch... And landing in the Hudson River and in the show having him fighting and trying to get out and the naiad coming and be like, you need to trust your father, you need to trust him, just breathe, just breathe. And it's like, it's a cool scene, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's a totally different relationship than the book Percy has with Poseidon. Yeah. And so that was kind of one of the ones I wish they'd had that riptide scene because I think that it could have been really tiny and short he had conversations with Chiron before he left, like, in the show. And so it could have been short, but I think it would have been kind of a sweet Impactful. moment. And mm-hmm. given more oomph to the complicated relationship he has with his father. Yeah. I was going to say something kind of along those lines, but it's gone now. Yeah. I don't know where it went. Yeah. Maybe it'll come back up when we start talking honorable mentions. But, yeah. um yeah, I don't know. It, it's left my brain. So, yeah, okay. hopefully it comes back. Ooh, it's bothering me, though. Uh, you know when it's, like, on the, on the it's like scratching the front of my brain. But yeah. my number three is kind of, uh, it's kind of how they're introduced to the Furies and how they get into how they, you know, enter the the trail to Medusa's and how they get there, right? Yeah, that whole chunk of the book. Very different. Um, But it's... I don't know why they did it this way. Well, I think... I I can think of part of the reason they changed some of the bus stuff. Like, one, they probably didn't have budget to do a big bus crash scene. Or explosion. As cool as that could have been. Um, so I think that's why they had them wait until they were stopped at a gas station. Even though it's like, the why would the Furies wait? They're like, oh no, 
We'll wait until it's I just, the imagery in the book for that scene, Mm -hmm. to me, is just so cool. Where it's like, these three old ladies, and like, one's got in her orange, her orange hat, and her orange gloves, and her orange purse, and then one with the green, and one with the, like. And they all match. And they all match, and and it's these old ladies. And and they they stick their legs out like an X, and it's a mm -hmm. subtle movement, but it's clear no one gets past. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, but, but I think it also is important because that scene, we know, and they talk, right? Like in the book, it's so, they never even call them furies. Like, because they're the baddest of the bad. Yeah. And like, it was already a big deal that like, holy crap, a single kindly one came after you, Percy, at school. Like a single one. And so, and, and then now all three of them, all three sisters are there. Yeah. Together. Um, also, just real quick on that note, Grover is supposed to be able to smell mm-hmm. monsters. They never touch on that. Yeah, they don't touch on that at all. No, instead, Annabeth has some sort of weird sixth sense and, like, can tell right away that they're there. Yeah. That doesn't happen in the book. There's no, no conversation between her and, her and Electo of, well, if you give him up, blah, 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 blah. Like, there's no... I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. In the, is my number two, but, yeah. but like that doesn't happen. It's they're all together. The three companions, right? Stuck Percy, at the back Annabeth, of the Grover, and then the three furies. furies are also there. I don't think you even see three furies. Annabeth doesn't kill a single one of them. No. In fact, she's a little bit nervous. Yeah. She hasn't left camp. No. Since she was seven. I'm going to go on an Annabeth rant, but I'm going to save it for the next episode. Yeah, but it's just like. Because there's a lot more I want to talk about. But but just the way the entire thing goes down is just so different that I had to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Um, they do kill them and get rid of them, but it's not like Electo follows them all the way to Medusa's. Yeah, they don't use Medusa's head to kill Electo. No, it really. Co- I mean, was that cool? Yes. Yeah, and uh, it was it was cool. It was interesting way of doing it, um, but just very different. They lose all of their stuff and don't have a way to heal Percy later on, and they like right, like there's just it builds on each other in a way that makes sense in the book of like they were let they were sent on this quest with supplies that included money. And golden drachmas, so, like, both human money and, like, their mortal or immortal god-like money. They were sent with ambrosia and nectar for, you know, in case they got hurt or sick. Well, they don't even mention the They don't mention any of that Mm -mm, at all in the show at all. Um, A change of clothes, this and this, but them trying to get off of that bus and away from the Furies... um, in doing so, they leave their bags behind, and then Zeus strikes. And this is and this is like the 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 big point for me, right? That that this is not in the show. I'm like, yeah. Zeus strikes the bus with lightning, yeah, and sets it on fire and makes it like explode. After Percy makes it crash, um, Annabeth trusts him and gives him her hat. To help him mm-hmm. sneak past, and then he 
crashes the bus, gets everybody off, you know, lures the Furies back his direction because he won't leave Annabeth and Grover behind. Mm -hmm. He couldn't, he wouldn't just run away and leave them behind. Like it's, it involves a lot of bonding, I feel like, for the three of them. It's good character development for Percy himself. Shows good development for... Hi, welcome to the real world, right? For Annabeth, because she hasn't really experienced anything like that. She's yeah. been at camp nonstop for five years. She's never left. And then just, again, that sticking point of, man, yeah, aren't you really glad you didn't fly now? Because even you on land, like, you are not, like... And, and And then you have this whole questioning, right, of, like, well, was that him helping us? Or was that, like... If we hadn't moved, he was trying to strike us down, too. You know what I mean? Like, and you're left with these questions. And, um, but a big thing, too, is I, it's, it's so focused on Percy instead of they think Percy has something, right? Like, like, that'll go into my number two. So it's just things get left out. Um, things are done differently. Is it, does it still follow the main plot points? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The story is still progressing in like the right direction. And, in, and, and again, is it still a gazillion times better than the freaking movies that came out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but still different enough that I was just a little disappointed. And we'll continue talking about that more in my next couple points. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Yeah, it almost sometimes feels like they went up to, like, a whiteboard and wrote out the main plot points. And we're like, all right. How can we This is what we got to do. <laughs> like, these are the main things we got to do. Everything else is up for interpretation. Yeah. And, it, it's, again, the hardest part is that I felt like it got hyped too much mm-hmm. because Rick is so involved in it. That everyone was expecting a very faithful adaptation. And it almost makes me think that, like, maybe we don't want authors fully involved. Not necessarily, but it's like, I think the beauty of books is that authors write it, but when you read it, you can really interpret it and see it in a different way. And so I'm like, yeah, I know everyone's saying, like, Rick is doing this, so this is how he intended it. This is what he wanted. This Except is how- he's even admitted that... He, he made changes. Yeah, like, and that it, that this isn't how he originally pictured it. It's like, well, okay then. Like... Yeah. And I know he wants to update some stuff, which is fine, but it's, it is hard because how I read things and how I'm interpreting it Maybe isn't what Rick intended, mm-hmm. and it's really making me think and be like, this is why I like reading. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can just decide that that's how the character feels <laughs> in that moment. Well, and again, though, I like the the omniscience, I guess, mm-hmm. a little bit of um, what you get from reading a book. Yeah. I like getting that inner monologue. I like getting the... That's how you can get a lot of foreshadowing, typically, in mm-hmm. books. Is it, it makes it more difficult to get. Ooh, I just... I just did it again. I don't know. I, I don't know if I slept on it wrong or what, but if I move my head or neck in certain ways, it is like a sharp, like, 
weird, yeah, like almost there. paralyzing. It's bizarre. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, what's your number two? My number two is, uh, speaking of foreshadowing, the show has none. Yeah. <laughs> I, it makes me so mad. This is one that really irks me because I think this is something you easily could have done. Well, and you touched on it a little bit last episode, too, in the how they changed Percy's dreams. Yes. And speaking of the dreams, let's talk about the dreams. Yeah. Come on. Let me go. OK, there we go. Well, first, let's let's go in order of all of the spots where they missed possible foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the bus scene that we were just talking about. Like you mentioned, the Furies specifically are, they go back to Annabeth and Grover because Percy sneaks by and they're going, where is it? Where is it? Not where is he? And later Grover mentions, he's like, they kept asking about like, where is it? And Percy's like, yeah, talking about me. And they're like, it? Like, you're not an it. And so it's, they're kind of confused by that and what that means. And then... After they get on the train, uh, they have the conversation. Percy and Annabeth do talk. Totally different conversation in the book. Mm -hmm. A little similar, pretty different, though. And Percy opens up about his dreams to Annabeth because they trust each other. I know you're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. I'm not going to get into it. But he opens up about his dreams and mentions what he's seeing, which is not what he's seeing in the show. In the show, again, they have the stupid Dementor looking thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ring ring. just like on this barren, like, yeah, that, that could totally be Hades. Mm-hmm. And you would just believe that. And so, of course, they're not going to doubt that it is. But in the book, it's this voice from a pit. Yeah. And it's this, and so Percy talks to Annabeth about it, and Annabeth's like, that doesn't sound like, like Hades. Hades. Like, yeah. Ari, that's weird. That doesn't sound like Hades. And they start to doubt. There's no doubt about the quest in the show. No. There's no, well, and that's something that even from the beginning, right, in the book, even from Chiron, when he asks, like, so what did the Oracle tell you? What did he say? And... He gets a sense that Percy wasn't fully honest with what the Oracle told him. And he, he so he says to him, he's like, listen, the, the things the Oracle says, like, they can have double meanings. Yeah. They can mean a lot of different, like, do, don't, don't take, take it, it super seriously. Yeah. Like, take it with a grain of salt kind of thing. Which would, I think, again, add to, okay, well, what does this mean? What does this yeah, mean? And kind turn, of lead to that. the God who turned. Also, Chiron yeah. doesn't know that it's. Hades before the Oracle. Mm-hmm. It's not until after Percy comes out and he's like, he said, I'll go West and face. And he's like, oh, West. Okay. That must be. That must be Hades. Mm-hmm. Then I don't fully understand why Hades would do this, but that's the only thing I can think of. So you guys should go to LA. Uh-huh. Whereas on the show, they're like, it's Hades. So go get your Oracle. Yep. I think but then there's always this room for doubt and this unknown factor in the book. That, yeah, that just doesn't exist in the show. And then when they're at the arch, they talk about Hades' Helm of Darkness, which, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book, sorry. Mm-hmm. But Hades' Helm of Darkness is also missing. So later on, when they meet with Hades, he's like, no, I didn't steal the lightning bolt. Someone stole from me, too. 
Yeah. Like, they stole my helm of darkness. Poseidon's the only one who doesn't have something missing. That's why we all suspect yeah, it's Poseidon's son. It's you know you. what I mean? Like, yeah. And so you're missing the little details, the little sprinkles of information mm-hmm. that lead to the big reveals at the end, which is my favorite part of books. Um, I love foreshadowing. I and love little snippets. Yep, and that's also why I, like, again, we talked about last episode, but it's like they They dumped it down. They they just skip things and... They think that... No... Um, they're making it for too young of children. Maybe. And maybe. I, I don't feel know. like they're trying to make it for kids... And they're forgetting that most of their audience is nostalgic well, the, but the books, adults. The books are for kids. I know. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm expecting too much. But the books have this stuff in them. Yeah. So Rick trusted his audience then. He doesn't trust them now. Yeah, I don't know. Or like, they, they always, we've talked about this and we'll, we'll continue to talk about how we believe they dumb things down for, for the screen. Yeah. They just always have, always will. And so throughout the entire thing, there's just, and I know it continues, but there's this doubt about is, are we doing the right thing? Is this really the right quest? Are like, we, do we have the correct expectations? Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. there's more to this. Maybe there's more than meets the eye. Can't trust all fully what it says, all of that. And I feel like in the show, they're just okay with it. They're just like, we're going on a quest. I have zero questions. I will follow blindly yeah. what they told me to do. And as this is just a little side note. I hate in the show that after the bus incident, Percy's like, all right, let's call camp. Yeah. Let's ask for Ugh. help or ask your mom for help. I'm just, I, we can't do this. We need help. I'm What's like, wrong with asking for help? And like, on the one hand, I'm like, yes, you're right. But, but also... It's making Percy come across as, like, really um, kind of dumb and and insensitive. And just over it. Like, he just doesn't want to deal with it at all. And so it's like like he can't critically think a little bit. Where it's like, this is the quest. Oh, no, the quest goes wrong. We need to call someone to... To tell us what to do because I can't figure it out. They don't think they... And in the TV show, they also don't explain why they can't have electronics. No. no. I don't think they fully do. I don't think it's they... it's like a flair for monsters. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's my number two. I wish that we had more foreshadowing because I know that... I, I haven't seen the last episode. It hasn't even come out yet. So, I don't know fully how, how things are going to go down. And I have restrained myself to not watch further than what we've talked, what we're talking about. I've only about. watched one more episode than I've okay. watched episode so, five. Sorry. So because I wanted to focus on what we needed to focus on each time. So I have, it's been difficult. I've wanted to keep watching, yeah. but like I have not. So I have waited. So I have not seen past episode four. But we are at the very end going to do a kind of wrap up episode with our thoughts. And so I'm sure this is something I'll touch back on after I see the end mm-hmm. and see how these kind of plot points get resolved. Get resolved mm-hmm. And if the foreshadowing would have led into what it does in the book. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just bummed about that. I just think it's cool, subtle stuff that makes a show rewatchable makes a book re-readable like it's those little details that when you read it that second or third time you're like oh yeah because that's talking about this this leads to that and 
I'm just not getting it from the show. And maybe I'll feel differently at the end. But so far in four episodes in, halfway through the show, I, I am not seeing any foreshadowing to anything that I'm expecting. So mm -hmm. we'll see. But that's my number two. So my number two, um, I don't know how to if it would be better described as the lack of development of the friendship between the three, Percy, Annabeth, and Grover, or maybe it's more accurately the this push of just utter distrust. Like, yes, Percy gets the oracle and, you know, that line where it's like, you'll be betrayed by one who calls you friend. And yeah, that freaks him out a little bit. But I feel like in this show, they just take it to these extremes. Yeah. That um, makes it, again, difficult for me to see how this will resolve and how it'll kind of come together. In the book... Obviously, Grover is Percy's best friend from the very beginning. And I already touched a little bit on how I didn't like in the first episode the falling out. that they already kind of made like this, like broke like this. They, they broke the trust already at least once between Grover and Percy. Yeah. Um, but they just take out any sort of bonding moments or friendship building moments, even while still at camp, even before there's ever even a yeah. quest. Between Percy and Annabeth, like there's a there's a friendship there already forming mm -hmm. with Annabeth tutoring him and being really the only one who will still kind of like talk to him and do things with him after he finds out he's a son of Poseidon. Yeah. Um, him and Luke. Who yeah. We talked about Luke. A little We've bit also I but. also mentioned very strongly that like you want to talk about foreshadowing and poor foreshadowing. You want to talk about poor foreshadowing. Yeah. Like they I. How is that going to... Anyway. Um, so I'm annoyed that right from the get-go in the show, there's this just... And I said it before, almost this insensitivity from Percy about, like, what Annabeth dealt with with Thalia, right? And... So we turned her into a tree, but and don't me, get me wrong, like she in the a book, pine cones, faith. hilarious yeah. line, very insensitive, very insensitive. Um, and like, don't get me wrong, in the book, I'm pretty sure he does also say something like, "Really, that's the best Zeus could do for but his it's daughter." Judgment against Zeus. It's not. Yeah, it's not about like he's not making jokes at Thalia's expense. Yeah, in the book, he's not making jokes at the expense of Annabeth, Annabeth and Grover's, and Grover's feelings. feelings, right? Um. They get bored and they play games together. Yeah, and while they're they, waiting for the bus, the the Greyhound bus, they play hacky sack together with an apple. And then Grover eats the apple out of the air. And Percy and Annabeth think it's hilarious. Laugh so and just hard start that they can't even hear Grover apologizing. It's like just sweet, cute scenes like that that show them bonding mm -hmm. and becoming and friends. this friendship. And then so which so, is before they even get on the bus, by the way. Yeah, so here here we go. I, I guess here's the main sticking points for me, and I'll just kind of list them off. Big, big one. There has not been a single use of seaweed brain or wise girl nicknames. Yep. Not a single one. 
And like, yes, in the beginning of their relationship, like but by the end of their relationship, especially because it becomes like a romantic relationship as they get older, those nicknames do become sort of like a term of endearment. Whereas in the beginning, they are used as almost like to tease or get under the person's skin. Like, yes, that is the purpose at this point, but it's still it's to the fans, right? Like it's important. And I, I'm mad. Like, why aren't they using that? Number two, Percy picking Annabeth because he couldn't imagine they would ever be friends. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, rude. <laughs> yeah. And then from Annabeth's perspective and, and that point of view from the show, just her just again, it's this arrogance they give Annabeth in the TV yeah. show that yeah. drives me up a wall. She's very bossy. I'm yes, sorry. she has a yes in the in the book. Like you want to be on Annabeth's team. Yeah, you can she's tell got like a plan. she has a plan. She's good at making plans quickly but there's a difference and analyzing and being between strategic. Having plans and then being bossy when enforcing those plans. You really just don't know what's going on, do you? And blah 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 blah. And, and just nope. I'm you're gonna stay here and you're blah blah. And it's just and it's again, like, you better listen that, to what I say or else we're all gonna die. Yeah, and it's just. It doesn't leave much room, in my opinion, for real friendship to form. No. Because I wouldn't want to become friends with a person who just thinks they can tell me what to do. Yeah. Especially because I'm sitting here going, girl, you wouldn't even be out here if it weren't for Percy. It's his quest. Like, Well, and in the book, <laughs> she volunteers to yeah. go on the quest. He doesn't pick her. No. She, he doesn't really. He picks Grover. Yeah. And he's like, Grover's my buddy. And then Chiron's like, another person has volunteered. And then Annabeth takes off her cap and she's like. And she's been there the whole time under her invisibility Let me go on Mm -hmm. this quest with you. And Percy's like, cool. You seem, you know, smart. You seem like you know what you're doing. So, yeah, I'll have you along. Yeah. And it's. And you've been, you know, tutoring. We have already a mm -hmm. pre-existing. Like like friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't like how that and and and, it, and it'll continue a little bit into my number one also. Um, and again, it'll continue into next episode to, it just, when I go on my Annabeth rant. But it's there a little bit with Grover too. Yeah, because they made them have that falling out. Yeah, and, and I so just then Grover's like being, and then Grover tells him about his mom, which is a whole other thing, and then is being punished at the camp. Percy has to, like, go find him, and then he's like, I do trust yeah. you. Come on this quest with me. And then... I chose you. Grover... <laughs> really? No, though, really, who'd you pick? Like, and don't get me wrong, it was cute, it was funny. Yeah. I'm not mad, I'm not super mad about that. Um, but it's... They definitely have changed Grover's character as well, and I don't want to go super onto a tangent on that. But because Grover almost feels like he's having to mediate between Percy and Annabeth all the time. Which he does do in the book, but, but not, not to the extent that they've, they're they showing Not to the extent that I feel like he can't. His little song, though, is pretty funny. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that. I part. was like, what? And then Percy tries to bring it back, but he only remembers the very first line. So then he's just like, consensus! Like, <laughs> But it, and especially with Annabeth being like, he was my protector first. Like, I know him better than you know him. And it's like. Yeah, the way it was no all introduced. It was just. on who is, knows Grover better. It's. 
like they conflated Annabeth's character with Clarice's character, and I don't like it. Mm. Like this, and don't get me wrong, Annabeth and Percy in the books do have competition, but I would always describe it as friendly competition. Also, Annabeth straight up tells him why. Yeah. Annabeth's like, hey, our parents were rivals. They had this situation. They had this whole mm-hmm. thing in Athens, and they had this, and Percy's like, hey, when did, didn't they ever collaborate? And she's like, yeah, they made the chariot because my mom made the chariot, but your dad had to make, make the, the horse horses. to pull it. Yeah. So maybe we can work together. And Percy's like, yeah, I'd really like that. I'd really like if we could collaborate like that and work together. And Annabeth's like, yeah, I need to get out of that headspace. And then they Like, bond. she's really mature in the books. Yeah. And in the in the show, it's... I, I, it doesn't I come know. across. And, and, and again, I've said this before, too. When you see the behind the scenes stuff, when you see the interviews that the three do together, together, yeah. it's like magic. Yeah. Like, I totally see the chemistry between the actors. The actors. I don't know why it's not. Like, I, and I don't know who I don't know. Am I blaming the director? Am I blaming the screenplay? What what? Who made it this way? Who did this? Because that magic is not transferring from what I can, what I have seen from those actors together. Yeah. To what's happening on screen. Yeah. Like it's, it's totally different. So. um, And yeah, it's hard to love the trio the same way, I guess. Just a bummer. Yeah. So, and it's. We'll see. There's I've only seen four, four episodes. episodes. There's four more to go. And again, it's still very enjoyable. Did they get the major plot points? Yes. Yeah. Do they do the characters still have a lot of the personality traits and 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 are they a good capture of the character for the most part? Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's some key things obviously that I've touched on in my opinion um, that I think are really missing and I would hope that they get them figured out. Yeah. So um, I guess going into some honorable mentions. Yep. I wish that, I mean, I get it's an extra person you have to cast and um, again, budget wise to CGI, budget. CGI but um, Argus, Argus would have been would have been really cool to yeah. see. Like <laughs> Argus is great. The Oracle scene uh, was super different. Like I feel like you didn't really understand the importance of the Oracle and who she was and mm-hmm. like all of that. And I also think because I saw some people complaining and being like, "It's weird that it's Gabe," and it's like that kind of is what happens in the it's book. It's supposed to be but it's Gabe's supposed to be the poker, whole table. poker table. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny that they introduced Eddie in the first episode. Just to not include... They already had yeah. the actor. Yeah. And then you could have gotten two other random guys. Like, they very easily could have recreated it. Maybe they didn't want to show poker on a kid's show. No, I guess maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's cooler to... Because it's like the four lines have like each of the four guys at the table turn and say the line. Mm-hmm. I just think that that comes across a little more spooky and like a little more like, okay, yeah, okay. Compared to just Gabe just talking. Just goofy him. Gabe. Yeah. Goofy Gabe. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. The, I mean, we kind of already touched on it, but yeah, the, the way the quest is kind of introduced and explained 
to Percy is like he is. They've kept. Yeah. Like, hey, typically you choose two companions and blah, blah, blah. But it's not like Chiron's like, I have selected the best candidates. Yes. And the choosing like- <laughs> ceremony thing. I, I hated that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was dumb. Yeah. But and then there's no like we're Percy with Luke. Where he's like, I I've almost chose you, but I needed to do the blah, 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 blah. I no. think that's th- that's their eff- that's them trying to force that relationship between him but and it, Luke right there at the end. Yeah. So that the betrayal at the end of, like, Luke's betrayal will then make sense. And I think that Luke's goodbye to Percy in the book is sweeter. Mm-hmm. Not only because we've seen their relationship built, but, like... The way he like runs to catch up. Oh, I'm so glad I caught I caught you yeah. before you left. I wanted to give you this, and and he says goodbye to Grover and Annabeth. Also, yes, so he's also and you get with. those again. You don't see any relationship between Annabeth and Luke in the yeah. show, like, except for Luke saying, "I'll always have Annabeth's back." Like I'm always on her side. Yep, that's it. That's I it. I think that covers. I've that's said it, so, so it must you're be good. true. <laughs> like, um, and also on the hill in front of everyone, like it's not like in the Poseidon cabin. Mm-hmm. And Percy immediately after Luke leaves, he turns to Chiron and he's like, "I can't wear these shoes, can I?" And immediately gives them to Grover. Yeah, and because the show he's carrying them for like a whole ever, episode. Yeah. No, Grover puts them on right away. Yeah. I'm like, stop carrying these shoes. Why? What? Drop the shoe box, bro. Like, yeah, just have Grover wear them. And it's like, no, you can't fly. Oh, in the did sky. we forget to tell you? Because yeah, because then he's all like, Chiron couldn't have dished out more money for yeah, plane tickets. Like plane tickets. Oh, uh, it's like, oh my gosh, Percy is not whiny. And in the TV show, man, he really comes across as a whiny little kid this episode. Yeah. Like, um, I this is a random not you know, grievance or anything. I noticed that they have Grover wear shorts in the show. In the book, it specifically mentions that he wears pants to hide his satyr legs. Mm-hmm. But in the show, they just assume that the mist... The mist just makes him look just, like legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that that was Where they didn't choice. want to deal with the styrofoam feet in the shoes, I guess. But the, like, the CGI to make him have satyr legs the whole time? But they don't show satyr legs the whole time. Yeah, sometimes it's human legs. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's weird. It's, it's like, weird. hi, sometimes the mist is working and sometimes it's yeah. not. <laughs> um, there's definitely a lot of explanation that gets missed and I think that's just because, you know, they don't want to be too expository in the show, which I get. Mm-hmm. But like, again, with the foreshadowing thing, you don't really talk about Kronos that much. Mm-hmm. So he's not even like a thought in your mind. But you can still introduce any little like bit of doubt and they just don't they just don't yeah so that was another one they don't have that satyrs can read emotions they just or yeah satyrs can't read emotions satyrs they they don't mention that they can smell monsters nearby No, it's like the satyrs they've really dumbed down their magical abilities well and they don't talk about why and i think we mentioned this last episode about why Grover needs to go on this quest with Percy in the first place. Yeah. So that he can get his secrets license. But then they continue. So, but then they do still include his Uncle Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah, they he used this mentioned- trail. But it's like, but they still don't mention, well, what is it that the satyrs are looking for? No, they do briefly mention the the quest for Pan. They do. They Okay. But it's. But it's so, I, I mean, it was clearly not enough that I even yeah. focused it or like caught it. Um, Grover never tells Percy why Sally married Gabe in the show. Oh, yeah. Like, that's already been Granted, covered. but again, Gabe in the show... Doesn't suck as much. Doesn't suck as much. 
But um, he also kind of sucks. Like, clearly his mom still only married him. Oh, yeah. For that reason. But they haven't talked about but it. they don't talk about it. Um, um, do you have any while I continue looking through my notes? I, well, I, I, a bunch of mine will still be mentioned in my number one and your number one, I believe. So I don't want to go into, I don't want to touch anything that will likely be mentioned by you. Yeah, those are some or big me. ones. I'm yeah. trying to look for little things. I mean, I again, again, I'll touch on things that I like. I mean, I, I like the, I mean, the music is fitting. I like mm-hmm. what bits of fun they did include with, like, Grover. Grover does add some levity. Yes. Which is good. Yes, they've definitely um, given him some comedy, which is needed. Um, and Percy has some funny lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it, even though it was wrong and they there was never any gas station stop. No. I did think it was funny and kind of fun that like, oh, an unsupervised 12 year old. What is she going to buy pick? a bunch of candy? Um, uh, I can't decide which flavor candy. So I'm just going to grab one of each, you know, like. Well, and also like this something that they don't really explain is this is Annabeth's chance to see the world. You know, she hasn't been out since she was seven. So she's like, this is my first time in a gas station with all these options. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get them all. Because yeah. she's never tried them before. And so they you don't really get that. Yeah, it's but fun, though. the comedy is definitely It's fun. just, it's, it's like, I did appreciate those nods and those things. Yeah, yeah. where it's like, yeah, what's the 12-year-old going to pick? Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Percy chatting with Grover about why his consensus song yeah, doesn't do what like, he thinks it does. I don't think it's doing what you think it's going to do. Yeah. And again, yeah, with him bringing that consensus ba- song back, but he doesn't know the words. and Yeah. Um, uh, we have to touch on the lack of Pink Poodle, because that oh, was a hilarious yeah. scene in the book. Mm-hmm. How like- are they going to get the money? Because they lost all their stuff. Yeah. So how do they get the money for the train tickets is Grover. Oh, that's something they don't mention either, though, is that Grover can talk to can animals. Talk to animals. It's mm-hmm. like they took out all of his magical powers. He's yeah. a satyr. He's supposed to be. I mean, maybe, again, maybe they'll bring it up. Maybe it'll come up. Yeah. I don't but know. We have they haven't yet brought But it it's hilarious. The I said hi to the poodle. You say hi to, to the, the poodle. poodle. Yeah. I said hi to the poodle. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> and, and so they turn in this lost dog and get for the reward money. Enough mm-hmm. money to get to a certain point. Is it? Isn't it Chicago? I believe. No, because Chicago's just a stop. I don't know then. I'm sure I don't remember. But. but um, the pool flashback at the beginning of episode four was interesting. Oh, I forgot that that was... That's how the episode starts. I completely forgot about that flashback until just now. Yeah. And I thought, I, it's stupid. Sorry. I get why they did it because it's the just breathe and then at the end when he's in the water, the naiad is Yeah, like I saw the, the... But it was... I was like, that's... Hi, I'm sorry. I have a really hard time believing that Percy would have ever felt afraid, afraid in water. Afraid in water, yeah. It's stupid. Let's it's just be a sorry. Part of him. In the book, he doesn't have to struggle to breathe. He he's like he doesn't even get he doesn't get wet. wet. He like doesn't get wet. Yeah. And maybe that was too hard. No, that would be difficult to. Yeah, I, I get. How do you and really show that? It would have like, been more CGI, that. and they mm-hmm. couldn't really afford that, so they just stuck him in a giant tank. Bless his heart. Poor guy. It's fine. He's Walker fine. Walker had to be on so much water all the it's time. Fine. He's fine. Um, but it's like, I I don't know. I just thought that it was unnecessary and yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't love. I that. blocked it from my memory because clearly I just 
didn't even yeah I do remember yes that was a part of that episode and I loved getting more Sally don't get me wrong and I do like with her being like listen I love you and I love that you think I'll always be here but I won't but I won't so I need to know that you can do this for when I'm not going to be around and like yeah do I get like that message and everything yes would I have loved if they had done it in not a mommy and me swim class, though? Yes. That would have made a lot like more Percy sense. I Percy would have been that baby who can swim from the get-go. The ki- it would have been that kid who just jumps. It, like Olivia, my oldest daughter, at two years old, just went and jumped in the d- deep end. I freaked out, jumped in after her and grabbed her. She'd held her breath. You know, she was yeah. fine. She was like, didn't even phase her. She wanted to get right back in the water. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of kid I imagine Percy would have been when it came to water. Mm-hmm. But... And yeah, he's supposed they to just went to Montauk every like they fall on the like find himself at the bottom and not be like struggling and freaking out. He's just like calm. Like, wait, I'm okay. Why am and I? And he's okay? like, oh, I'm dry. I'm breathing mm-hmm. underwater. And like he's like, huh. And then the naiad pops and up. And then the naiad pops yeah. up. <laughs> it's like totally different reaction. Mm-hmm. And it fits into this character like <laughs> change in character where he doesn't trust his dad at all and he hates or himself it and, yeah he doesn't trust himself it's weird yeah and all of that and doesn't believe in himself and it's very different yeah definitely so those are all my honorable mentions because the rest of my stuff yeah my stuff's gonna covered. be it so yeah, let's just jump into our number ones okay so there's obviously two big plot points in each episode and that are different. So I'm going to talk about one. And Kaylee's going to talk about the other. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about the Echidna fight. Which is big, big changes. Uh, they get attacked on the train. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Oh, they trashed the room. Now we have to get the police involved. Like, yeah. What? Are we getting the police involved? Percy's technically a wanted person. If the police got involved, Percy would, would be arrested. Be arrested. <laughs> yeah. And Echidna is different. I am not going to say it's Grievance. I think that the actress does a really good job. Oh, yeah. She's creepy really in like more her. of an umbrage way, I would say, than like a physically menacing way. She's like that. But she's got like the intense like eyes yeah, she and like does that a really good creepy kind of like smile. Like, yeah, she does. And really her well. cadence of voice. Like, I thought mm-hmm. she totally nailed it. I was like, it's different, but I'm, that one I actually quite enjoyed. I think she did a good job. But they don't meet on the train. Nope. They don't get chased to the arch because the arch is this monument to Athena. Yeah, it's not a shrine or whatever where like monsters no. can't enter. Enter and they go yeah. to the arch because it Annabeth wants to see it. Yep. Cause she wants to be an architect. She wants to be an architect, which they don't even mention, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um takes away a big chunk of Annabeth's character. She's not, she doesn't Only exist. about her mom. And she's not driven solely from, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wanting, yeah. And so, Percy doesn't get poisoned on the train. He gets poisoned mm-hmm. at the top of the arch. Yep, when they're already, when they're up, already up there. Up there. Da, 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 da. In the book, Echidna, it very clearly mentions that she was sent by Zeus to test Percy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't Again, touch on that. Zeus Strikes the bus with the lightning, and then Zeus... No, she kind of mentions in the book that she's there for, like, revenge or something. 
In the book? Yeah. Not, not, not in the book. Oh, Sorry, in the, in the TV show. In yes. the TV show. Where in the she's... show, she talks about how demigods are the real monsters, and she's here yeah. to take them out. Like, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's um, weird. In the show, as much as that heroic scene with the stairs is like, people, I know a lot of people love it because mm-hmm. of the Perkabeth shippers, and I have thoughts on that as well. I think they're shoving it too soon. I think they're trying to show well, the Well, there's been no development of a friendship. Yeah, I'm missing the like, friendship. It's, it's just, it doesn't make any sense yet. Like, it just doesn't make any but sense. But there's none of that. It's they, Percy is waiting because there's not enough room in the elevator. And Grover and Annabeth go down and then Echidna attacks. And then Percy's like, oh no, there's this, these, this random guard and this family up here. I need to protect them. Mm-hmm. Which is which very I think is so much cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's that shows Percy's just inherent good nature. Again, it's his character. Yeah. yeah, and he's like so nervous about like not defeating them, not because he's like, oh no, I'm gonna die, but he's like, if I die, are they gonna leave them alone? Mm-hmm. And I just think yeah, it plays into Percy's character and fatal flaw and all of that so well. So I didn't, I didn't love that. Also, it's not a freaking chimera. I don't know what that creature is in the show, but that's not what a they chimera with, looks they like. They did it with the Minotaur too. I mentioned it again. Who is there on, who on their art team doesn't, or no didn't, mythology. didn't do their homework <laughs> on what Greek mythology is. Like yeah. a chimera has a snake tail. It's a tail. It's not a scorpion That's stinger. a snake. <laughs> and so when Percy gets poisoned, it's because the snake tail bites him because he forgets that the tail is also a snake. It's not some stinger thing that he gets stuck with. Yeah. Like, it's a simple thing. You're already CGI-ing it. Why do you have to make it look like, like that? I don't know. Like, I... it's not like a made-up monster that we've never seen pictures of. Even in the book, the way Rick describes it, like, yeah. lines up with the friezes and the statues and everything that we have of, from ancient Greece. Yeah. So, I, that was something that really irked me, actually, as a mythology buff. I was like, yeah. the heck you call it a chimera? Dead <laughs> not a chimera. Sorry. That's not right. Um, The... I also thought it was interesting that Echidna makes the hole, whereas in the book, it just gets fire blasted by the Chimera. Mm-hmm. And that's how the hole gets made. Little thing. And I do appreciate that they stuck to the truth that the river is actually kind of far from the arch. And Rick said, I thought it was closer. He messed up. Mm-hmm. And so they did have the water go get Percy, which I thought, you know, that's a great way of kind of resolving that issue. That little issue. Yeah. Um, and then I already talked about what happens when he's in the water. But I think my main issue with the whole thing, besides just that the cops would never be involved, is that by creating this whole thing with Annabeth being and this, punished. And this is Athena's monument. Yeah. Like with that whole scenario, I just, it makes you really hate Athena. Which the book doesn't make you do. Well, again, it's it, it's this 
I mean, I hate to say like agenda, but like this anti-god TV show (laughs) has like an it almost comes across as just like man, it does not want you to think that there are any any redeeming qualities about the the gods. The gods, yeah. At all, at all, and I'm like, aren't the gods still technically supposed to be considered the good guys? Yeah, like yeah, they're not perfect. No, they are flawed. It's not a good. It's not a perfect system by any means. But you're. But they are to, still technically the good guys. And you're supposed like, to at least kind of like them. Like I hate them. Well, I'm then like, they made freaking. Oh, this is an honorable mention. Hermes is Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. Am I supposed to believe that Hermes, like Nathan Fillion, that was a believable Hermes to yeah. me. Nathan Fillion, super charming. Like, I. Sorry, Lynn. Sorry. sorry, but like, I don't know. In my brain, I just feel like Hermes with, pers- first of all, how many children he has sired. Yeah. Um, but also just like, he gets around. You know what I mean? Like, I just. You picture him being a little bit more flirty, charming, and just like generally conventionally attractive, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And I just see like Alexander Hamilton it's, now when yes, I see it is hard Miranda. to cast Lynn so, as a lot of things because I will only see. Because I'm just like Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> like. So I, so I just. Didn't love the changes that they made to that whole sequence, mm-hmm. that whole episode, really, because it's only a chapter covered, and they made so many changes to that one single chapter. And I'm fine with them, you know, being chased on the train. I could have gotten over that. Cool. That's, but by making it this punishment and by trying to have Annabeth have this heroic moment of I'm gonna stay up here and you guys go, and then Percy taking over, like. I don't know. It just didn't read the same, so to speak. Like it didn't come like, across. I think, I think that was again one of the moments that was fitting in Annabeth's character. Mm-hmm. Like, could I see Annabeth in the book doing something like that? Yes. Yeah. But maybe just not at that point in like, especially in the TV show with everything that had happened between them leading up to it. It didn't make sense to me yet. Yeah. And. Because they have chosen think, to omit a lot I, of that I friendship stuff. I do need stuff. to touch on this. As I I'm, will just continue my Annabeth rant later. I feel like by taking away Annabeth's love for architecture and that side of her character, they've really dumbed down these characters to like one single trait. Mm-hmm. Like one dimension. One dimensional characters all around. And I, I just don't like it. And so what was cool about the arch and then something going wrong at the arch was showing that Annabeth is a flawed person. She may always have a plan. Those plans don't always go well. Mm -hmm. Those plans aren't perfect. She's still a 12-year-old girl who wants to see the world. This is her first time being out in the world. She's like, I don't know when I'll get to see this cool monument again. Like, it's... An architectural wonder. Mm-hmm. I have to go see it. Like, it's a brief pause in the train. The train makes a, a three-hour stop. And they're like, all right, we got three hours. Annabeth goes and wants to see it because she loves architecture. And she, she just 
wants to go do something cool. Yeah. It's, that's it. And then something goes wrong because Annabeth is flawed. And I feel like they just are taking away Annabeth's flaws and making her this, like, really, like, stiff, like, structured, I trust my mom, I believe in Blindly. my mom. Blindly. Blindly. I follow like, my mom. Yeah. I don't have any flaws. I always have a plan. I'm in charge. Listen to what I have to say because I know what I'm talking about all the time. And, oh my goodness, it really makes me dislike Annabeth's character. And mm-hmm. I... Like you said in the interviews, because I watched the interviews before I fully watched the show, I was like, oh my goodness, they are perfect. Like, I am so excited to see this. Because the dynamic between Walker, Leah, and um, Arjun? Aryan? Aryan. Aryan. Their dynamic is so funny. Like, the way that they poke at fun at Leah and she's just like oh these two and mm-hmm. like there's always a bromance within a trio like you yeah. know like <laughs> so funny and it was like so charismatic and they were dimensional because they're actual humans because they're real they're yeah real people I mean that's true as and well. it's just like you said it's not getting transferred to the show mm-hmm. and it makes me really sad because I love Annabeth as a character um I love the Perkabeth ship and all of that and at the moment, I can't root for it in the show because they just are it all... It doesn't make sense yet. And it's not just Annabeth. A lot of them have become one-dimensional. Uh, Percy seems to be one-dimensional in that his thing is, I don't trust and I don't believe in anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his thing. And Grover's thing is... Grover's a little bit better because it's like, I guess it's the quest and... Keeping the peace, but they take away a lot of his. But they take away all well of his like because you magical abilities. Because they don't explain his the secret license, why he needs. They, the scene they take away a lot of the Percy secondary motivation in that like moment of quiet and Percy like genuinely asking him about it, and mm-hmm. Grover being like are you going to make fun of me? And he's like, no, like, I want to know. And he tells him and Percy's like, that's awesome. Like, I really hope that you hope I can do that. We can help you do that. Yeah. Like, and it's such a sweet moment that, like you said, there's no, there's none of that bonding between mm-hmm. any of them. And I get that there's a time constraint. Yeah. But also it's a streamed television show. So you made the time constraint on yourself. Like, Yes. And again, in this Echidna episode, I feel like they wanted it was the whole shorter. thing. You could have had more time. Like, you could, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, mm, there's no commercial breaks. There's no time slot you're trying to fit these episodes into. They could have all been An 48, hour. 50 minute long. Yeah. Of actual episode, not 37 minutes of episode and then the nine minutes of credits. You know what I mean? Like, well, and I feel like they wanted the whole episode to be go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And but it can slow down. It can undulate. Yeah, I'm like, I let me breathe. I will And let I, me get to know these characters. Yeah, there's not a lot of time to yeah. breathe. Yeah. So I, and I know it's only eight episodes and there's a whole book to cover and they've already covered way more than a movie could. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I just, I didn't like the changes as much. So that is my number one. 
So my number one is going to be the other big change. Not necessarily all grievance, though. Um, yeah. And that is the Medusa one. Yeah. Um, so Medusa battle and just the entire encounter with Medusa. I love how they did Medusa in the show. I love her outfits so much. I love how they cast her. I'm not bothered that she doesn't become some ugly monster, right? Like, the way she... Because in the book, the the myth of Medusa is told in multiple ways, right? Um, And in the book, it's mentioned more one myth-telling where she's got sisters and she's one of three Gorgons and, you know, they, they're gone. She's what's left. Like, yes, she was cursed um, and had this relationship with Percy's father. That's kind of mentioned in the book, but she is much more just straight monstrous in the book. Um, immediately kind of has it out for Annabeth because of who her mom is. Yes. And one thing I do say, I, I, I will say I miss is I like in the, that in the book, Rick does nod at um, the original myth of Perseus beheading yes. by using a mirror, like a shield as a mirror. And in the book... There's this, you know, glass orb, like, like the garden. Like you see in a garden. Yeah, feature. And that's what he uses as a reflection. And Annabeth is like, a shield would have been better because the concaveness of this. And Bruce yeah, like, he's like, I don't care. I did it. And so, like, that would have been cool. Because, again, I like that that was a nod to, like, the original myth of Perseus beheading Medusa. Yeah. But I like that they humanized her a little bit. Um, because it is true, she is kind of a, she is a victim in a lot of ways, depending mm-hmm. on which way the myth is told and which story yeah. you follow. She didn't really do anything wrong. It really was um, out of anger. Athena really couldn't do much to Poseidon. So she just punishes Medusa instead. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's petty. But again, I feel like in the show, they're like, she didn't punish him. Just me. And they don't mention that the reason partially is because, yes, she could not do anything to Poseidon. Mm-hmm. Like, Poseidon is the ruler. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's just He's different. a higher He's a higher, he's a higher thing. god. Yeah. Like, tier, like, there's a hierarchy. One thing that I love in this, though, um, is when Medusa is trying to convince, and, and, I, again, I didn't love the whole, like, oh, Annabeth was, like, tempted to betray them. And, yes. oh, now she's trying to tempt a person. Like, no, there's no, like, betrayal and, like, distrust. Like, there's no distrust. Like, I hate it. I don't like the, all of that. Like, yeah, they're not super close yet. But it's, it's the bonding has been happening. But I did really like how... When Medusa does try to play off this, like, are am I really the monster or are the gods the monster? Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, talking about how, like, oh, I see your mother and I as, like, kindred sp- spirits. Like, yeah. she's we're sisters in a way because we were both, you know, tempted and tricked by the same monster, blah, blah, blah. And Percy goes, like, my mom never talked about my dad that way. Mm-mm. Right? Like, and he, and that is something that is very Percy in the book and the show 
Percy loves his mom and he's going to trust what his mom says. And Sally Jackson loved Poseidon. And I like to believe that in the book, I get the feeling of the book. Again, jury's still out in the show. Yeah. I believe that Poseidon truly loved Sally Jackson. Oh, yes. I don't think he would have risked breaking that pact for anything less than something deeper. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to give Poseidon the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, I, I do believe that Percy was a product of love. Okay. I believe it. Yeah. So I really liked that despite all of this, like, really, like, anti-my-dad notion yeah. that Percy's had so far in the show, that when presented with this th thought and idea of this other woman who had known his dad at some point, that he was like, yeah, but my mom didn't talk about him that way ever. Like, my mom... Like, had fond memories of my dad. Yeah. Like, it was ne it's never been a negative thing. No. And I liked that they included that there. I liked that they still kept Grover, like, kind of being this distraction and, like, not yes. really knowing. Like, maybe we should have practiced more, like, with, with the, the flying, flying shoes. shoes. Yeah. Like, but then to go back to some pieces of it that I don't love, um... I don't like that it's like, oh, we'll just bury it with the hat. Like this, again, just this disregard yeah, like, for Annabeth and her feelings. That was kind of a jerk move. Um, they don't use it to turn Electo, Electo to stone. No. Like, again, she's already gone. She was in the bus when it got struck by lightning from Zeus. Like, yeah. um, And then when they ship it, it's not in the book. It's Grover who says it's impertinent. And Annabeth's just like. So, yeah. So then that's the other big thing is, um, I just had it up. Let me find it again. There it is. Where, um, he, he did, he does get told by Medusa something along the lines of both in the book and the TV show of like, do you not realize that you're just a pawn? Yeah. Like, and... So after they defeat her and everything, her head is just, like, covered by a, a like, they just found, like, a random, like, black rag. It's, no, basically. it's her veil. It's, oh, oh, right. It's the veil that she had been wearing. Yeah. It's a bigger veil in the book. It's more, like, along the lines of almost like a burqa, I yes. think, is almost, like, how yeah. it's described. I think that's how it's described. Um, but that's what they use to cover the head. It's, it's not made invisible. How would you know you're kiting off the head perfectly if it's only like? It, I feel like part of the reason they did that is because they didn't want to show any blood or gore. That's it's true. For children. That's true. So they're like, we'll just make it invisible. We'll just make it invisible. Poor Walker having to pretend to hold this head. Yeah, it's I, like you can tell been. it's so awkward for him. Um, but like after all that, he's thinking back to like the and he recalls like that line that Medusa said, and he just gets kind of mad. Yeah. Because he's like... I'm not a pawn. I don't want to be a pawn. No, that's not what I am. And that's when he's like, okay, I know what to do with the head then. We'll just ship it back to Olympus. And yeah, it's Grover who's like, no, don't do that. They'll view it as impertinent. And he does. He goes, I am impertinent. And then he just looks at Annabeth and Annabeth's just like, I, whatever. Like... You're a funeral man. Yeah. She doesn't voice any approval but she doesn't voice any disapproval, disapproval either and um, then it's clearly percy doing it athena isn't punishing annabeth for again and so that again him. ties into the next one too where it's Ugh. like 
There's no grudge. There's nothing held against Annabeth. No. For the way that went down. But, um. Because Annabeth also sees the flaws in her mom in the book. Yep. She. And the gods in general. Yeah, and kind of the whole. She does not mm-hmm. worship her just blindly in the book. But again, I just, you, I just, yeah, there is like a little bit of like arguing that happens after they cut off the head where Grover then goes like, gosh, guys, that is enough. Like, I cannot just like deal with this all the time. But like the whole. But it feels more like friendly banter. Yes. Most of the time. And it's not this. I have to like push and force this thing out of you like. In this book, Percy, totally on his own accord, is like, yeah, so the prophecy told me that somebody's going to betray me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and the prophecy said that I'm not even going to save what's most important in the end. And that really kind of freaks me out. And Grover's like, yeah, I get that. Because they talk to each other about that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Or the, hey, so I kind of only accepted this quest to save my mom. Like. Admits that on his own. Yeah. Doesn't need any sort of like poking and prodding. No. It's not like Grover or, but Grover did have an inkling. Also the fact that Percy up until being in the river doesn't actually know that his mom isn't dead. Yeah. No, yeah. That is introduced a lot earlier. He he thinks. He has a, he just has that suspicion. He has an inkling. Mm Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know. No, for certain. So he just agrees to go on the quest. Because he's like, oh, Underworld. People have done, tried to bring people yeah. back from the underworld before. And, then, like, and he's like, yeah, also, like, I'll do the quest. And then he admits to Grover and Annabeth, he's like, I think that, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm really just going to try to I just want to get mom. my mom. Yeah. Like, and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Annabeth isn't, like, heartless about that. Yep. Either. And it's just weird the way they did some of that. Yeah. But, I mean, there's there's so much more we could touch on. Yes. But we need to we need to wrap it up. We need to not be too long. Um, so let's move on to fan faux pas. Um, again, we appreciate you guys giving us faux pas and contributing and sending us your thoughts. Um, we love to see it. Love to read them. I don't want to just see top comments. I want to see. All comments. Let me see. Yeah, I hate when... All comments, Instagram. You got it as well? Okay, do you want to read one first? Now go to the next? Yeah. So we have one from Sunshine on a Stormy Day on Instagram. Elizabeth. Uh, She says, I really enjoyed these episodes. You get to see the kids really start to explore the world, and we get to explore their characters. Consensus song was amazing. <laughs> loved Medusa and Echidna's characters. I love the subtle ways that they're building up the distrust and lack of faith between demigods and gods before we get a whole monologue from Redacted, if you know, you know, later. <laughs> this is not a spoiler-free episode. <laughs> I mean, spoiler-free podcast, but we appreciate it. Yes. There are definitely some scenes that I miss not having, but I think they're doing a great job handling the transition from first to third by having Percy already have a ton of knowledge about Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she followed up that comment saying, I just woke up. I'm so scatterbrained. <laughs> this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A lot of people are mentioning the arch being a temple to Athena and how she let them in. I don't know if people are liking it or not, but I am. There's thoughts I can't share yet on this topic because it visits the next few episodes. Okay. But I'm enjoying that change among other changes. It's a way to wake Annabeth up to the way her world works. It introduces Percy to the consequences the gods can incur. And it places a comparison slash parallel between Annabeth and Percy that I could go on and on about. Oh, it's an interesting... That's interesting. That, I did not view, view it that way. Yes. So, I, I mean, that, but that is a fair point. Because instead of, hey, Zeus struck the thing, Zeus... It, like Because I feel like in the book, that is how it's introduced. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, the gods can kind of just... They can take you know, out. Can, can impose their will at any time. Yeah. This is how it works. Instead, that's kind of one of the ways that I mean that I mean that's valid. That's an yeah. interesting. That's a different take on. I did not view it that but way. But I think that it, the whole thing with uh, Annabeth needing to wake up to the way the world works, is kind of brought about because of the way the changes they made to Annabeth's character in the show. Yeah. And her blind loyalty to her mother. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's a needed thing with the way that the show Annabeth is. Yeah. I would agree with that. All right. Next faux pas comes from SKB Reads, our good friend Sam. She says, these are the two episodes that I actually think are better than the book. Mm. Some of the Medusa stuff in the book didn't age great. And there's also a lot more scholarship that's been done since the book came out that looks at her as a survivor rather than a villain. I love that we are having these conversations about who is and who is not a monster, especially since monstrosity and womanhood are so often conflated. We got this both with Medusa and Echidna, and those actresses are both so fantastic and added so much to those characters. Definitely. I also liked how the poison in the hunt added a lot more tension to the St. Louis Arch sequence and made the Chimera attack feel more intentional. Both of these episodes were so well-written, well-paced, well-performed, and communicate their themes so well that they are two of my favorite episodes of TV ever. And of course, I got to mention the consensus song. Everyone loves the consensus song. The consensus song is pretty awesome. So, but yeah, I think total agreement on On the Medusa Medusa and Echidna characters. Yeah. Like. And I do understand, like, because the mention in the book about her being sent by Zeus is pretty, it's like, it just like very quick brief. mention, and mm-hmm. so it's not super emphasized. So it definitely feels more intentional, and yeah, the hunt is very intense. Um, them splashing water on Percy in the thing is very funny. No, that, that's true. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do understand the uh, appeal of that change, like definitely from a, a heightened tension point mm-hmm. of view definitely yes next we have one from dumb girl 01 which is ally shout out ally uh she said every episode is giving me more which i love also just want to add i agree with everything you said last time even though my faux pas didn't come off that way that is okay <laughs> we, we don't need to all agree we don't and obviously, a lot of what you guys are saying is the positive stuff, which is good to offset all the negative that yeah. we have been spouting out. Well, but also, like, like yeah, um, like to go back to that first faux pas, right, from, uh, from Elizabeth. It does introduce a different view of and that comparison and that parallel. I just didn't view it that way. Yeah. Like, I didn't come across to me while I was watching or reading and comparing. So 
it's that's why we love faux pas because they make us see stuff we may have missed. Mm-hmm. Different views, different opinions. Uh, anyways, Allie continues. I let my excitement overtake me. <laughs> Uh, I like the actress who plays Annabeth, but I feel these first couple episodes she's playing her a little harder. So not sure mm-hmm. if it was written that way, her acting choice, or the way she was directed. It gets better as the series continues, but these first few episodes, uh, the trio in general feels off. Yes. It was really interesting how they changed up the whole visit to St. Louis. be really interesting with the changes they made. Instead of just having a layover and visiting the Arch... They get kicked off the train because their room exploded. They meet a kid on the train instead of at the arch. Plus, saying the arch was a monument to Athena. I skimmed through my book again and don't remember that being brought up. Overall, still enjoying it. And yeah, it's not mentioned at all in the book. Nope, it's a it's a just straight up change. Yep. For better or worse. Yep. Clearly I different opinions. I think it's opinions. cool mm-hmm. saying it's a monument to Athena. I'm fine with that. I just feel like because Annabeth already is kind of just all about her mom... By then making the arch thing about her mom, I'm like, where's it's the just dimension? so much. Where's her, yeah, character development. Yeah. So. Alrighty. Um, Anna Vandernall here also says, uh, the third episode is one of my favorites until now. I loved the actress who played Medusa, and I almost cried laughing when Percy started to sing the consensus song back to Grover. Consensus. Oh, I listened to last week's episode, and I completely agree. There are quite a few scenes that are way too dark. You can't even see what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that happened again. No, it hasn't gotten better. It has not gotten better. Very annoying. Um... In episode four, I didn't like how Athena was angry and led Echidna into the arch to punish Annabeth for being impertinent. That wasn't in the book, right? Or was it? It was not. Um, It has been a while since I last read it. Lin-Manuel Miranda at the end of episode four made me excited to see more of him as Hermes. Oh, and you nailed the pronunciation of my name last week. Good. Nice to hear it. Good to hear it. We tried. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of people love Lin. I do. I like him as a... I was just like... It just, he didn't matter again. But I, you have a, when you read the books and you read things so much, you have a specific view in your picture in your head. And well, I'm like, if they, and hopefully they do make more seasons, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, Apollo is such That's going to be an important one. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, the casting on that one's going to be so critical. But, um, I'm trying to remember, did we get any like faux pas or anything DM'd to us? Uh, let's double check. I don't, I don't remember. And mine now isn't loading. Love it. Love technology. Thanks, Instagram. Love that for us. Uh, Oh, golly. The road's getting bumpy. Uh, (laughs) Consensus. And that's all Percy knows and that's all I know. So, (laughs) um, yours is loading. Yeah. I don't think I don't we think so. Have any? Let me double check. Nope, I'm not seeing any. Nope. Okay. So I believe that's all. If we missed yours, please send us a message, and we will read it in the next episode. If we missed it, so sorry. But okay, so fan for pause. That leads us with the age-old question of okay, we're now. Halfway through the show, how are we leaning? Was the book better? Yeah. We're, I mean, yeah, I'm still Strongly. fully on team book. Um, do I do I appreciate and like some of the changes we've made? That, well, we have made. Huh, that were made. Yes. Um, 
I can't, I definitely see the value and appreciate the change with Medusa, um, Echidna, then some of the, uh, I, I do really like the idea and kind of like, well, conventional definition of a monster may not always apply kind of and thing. And that's definitely a message they're trying to send and I'm totally fine with that mm-hmm. one. That hasn't um, been what has been bugging me. No. But we are um, still team book. Yep. There's still four more episodes to go. Again, I have not seen past this point, so I we're moving forward. I have seen episode forward. five. Um, we are doing a um, Q&A mini-sode this week to give the show time to finish before we can then finish. <laughs> um, so Q&A mini-sode um, will be coming out this week. Um, if you'd like to submit questions... For that mini-sode, um, you can email us at tbwbpodcast at g... Or it's just... Yeah, tbwbpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Yes. Um, or DM us on Instagram or reply to the post we'll make on Instagram. Yeah. In preparation for episodes five and six, which are the next two um, that we'll do in our main episode... I haven't watched the episodes yet, so I cannot tell you specifically how much to read. But I can tell you that the first four episodes of the show have brought us technically just past the halfway mark of the book. Yeah, which we are halfway through the show. So it's pretty, I mean... It, the, the, the cut of them is very different. Yeah. Obviously, like, again, this... List, episode four is pretty much just chapter 13 and then a little bit of 14. And I know that I believe episode five is 14 and part of 15. 15. Uh, yes. So again, it's just about two chapters. As soon as we know, obviously, when we post for faux pause for the next episode, um, when we post for faux pause for these next couple of chapters, we will mention again more specifically, like, covers about this much. Um, but we really appreciate you guys submitting your thoughts and interacting. And um, we hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to our thoughts and opinions, um, even if they differ a little bit from yours. <laughs> and I, I know we sound harsh. It's because I can't not be. I'm too passionate about it. My yep. thoughts are what they are. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, that kind of wraps us up where mm-hmm. we're at now. I am excited to keep watching. Um, I just have hope for, like, how the characters will continue to develop and their relationships will develop. Yes. Um, yes. Like, it can only really get better from here. So, yeah, I think that's everything that's left to be said yeah Yeah, i think that is it um excited to keep diving into this one i'm tired yeah let's go uh, let's wrap this up so we can go to bed we're gonna go to bed is this is another long one sorry these are long there's a lot to cover there's there's a lot we could talk about so um we appreciate you all thank you for tuning in um and like always we hope that you have a great week and don't forget to read